losing money in the stock market roller coaster? Frustrated with the government taxing you into oblivion? Worried about inflation? How do you prepare for so many financial uncertainties? Welcome to the show that will help you develop your game plan. The Financial Quarterback with Josh Jelinski. Josh is a noted financial advisor and president of the Jelinski Advisory Group. And he's here to answer your questions. Call into the show at 800-321-0710. 800-321-0710. Now let's kick off your financial future. Here's Josh Jelinski. Hi, everybody. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. And we have special guest Barbara Weltman, who has uh, been a popular guest in previous shows. She's going to be talking about small business taxes for 2021, tips and more. And her book will be the featured book of the hour. So call us 888-988-JOSH if you want her new book. So, uh, Barbara, in previous uh, weeks, the last two weeks, it was revealed that Peter Thiel has a billion plus dollars in his Roth. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about that and what your take is on the billion dollar Roth IRA by Peter Thiel, since you're a tax expert. That's quite impressive, but I, I, I think we should really focus on small businesses because in the past, This is unprecedented tax times. We had five major tax measures in 15 months, which means for small business owners having to adjust to, take advantage of, learn about all these new tax rules and how many of us can have a, a billion dollars in a Roth. But all of us who are running small businesses do need to know of what's going on now so that we can um, can take advantage, as I said, of the new tax breaks. Now, we're going to get to tax breaks you can take advantage of now, small business tips. But since the Peter Thiel was kind of current events, how can somebody who has a small business, maybe they want to put their business shares in a Roth? How do they do that? Well, first of all, I, I want to say that that this whole concept um, is not tested. I I congratulate him on trying something new and exciting and perhaps quite profitable, but the IRS has not ruled on this strategy yet. And so I, I do advise caution about doing this, about putting your business into a Roth. There have there have been some challenges already, uh, and so technically it it might be possible to do, but but I would kind of advise a wait and see attitude. Yeah, because some people say it's a prohibited transaction. Some say, well, he really didn't own the company; he owned shares. So I, I was I was dying to find out from a tax expert's perspective, how do I do that? You know. Well, well, you raise some you raise some very good arguments, and undoubtedly the IRS is going to take a really close look at something like this because uh, they don't really want to be able to convert business income into tax-free income. So they want they want somebody to pay taxes on the business profits. Yeah, well, if you think about it, he didn't probably own. He probably did it in the kosher manner if, if they're talking about it, but we'll, we'll see. 
So let's get to small business taxes that uh, the rest of us can use. Although, you know, hey, if somebody's a small, closely held business, I think that the way, I, I think you can't really put your business, your closely held business. There is some rule like, uh, called the Robs, the rollover for business startup right. purposes. Or I guess that's Correct. how they get around it, but um, it's very bit convoluted. But um, I know, I'm sure a lot of people have done it. How do I put my small business in a Roth? So it's not something you're <laughs> advising people to do now. I wouldn't run out and do it. I'd, I'd kind of um, discuss it with your tax advisor. And, and as you said, Technically, you might be able to go through the steps and make it work, but I, I think it's going to raise some eyebrows. We are with Barbara Weltman, best-selling author from J.K. Lasser's Tax Guide for 2021. What What's the formal title? That book is always the long, it's like the small business. Well, we have J.K. Lasser's Small Business Taxes 2021 which is for preparing 2020 returns. Many small businesses have submitted returns or are on extension, but it's also for planning for 20, for the coming year, for 2021, because we're, we're in the midst of paying estimated taxes for the current year. Yeah, and you wrote 1,001 deductions and tax breaks for 2021, also from J.K. Lasser. So you're a prolific author. What's your latest book? I know you've written a ton. Well, we're working on the on the 2022 editions now because we have to get ready to uh, advise people on what to do for 2021 and 2022. So, well, let's get right into it. So what are the top uh, three things our viewers should and listeners on the radio and podcast just tuning in should should listen for what what should they uh, what should they realize has changed and what do they need one to take the, advantage of? Sure, one of the great breaks is the fact that if you've gotten a government supported program like the PPP loan or now with the the program for restaurant grants or um, the um, theater and the, and those kinds of venues. You are you're going to be able to get tax free income. In other words, you will be able to, if you qualify, get loan forgiveness. Plus, you can deduct the expenses that are covered by this loan forgiveness. So your employees' uh, salaries, the uh, rent, utilities, those costs are also going to be deductible. So it's it's really one of the few times in the tax law that you're, you're kind of getting double break here tax-free income and the the write-off so that's 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 one thing and that's on the income tax side but i think we have to not forget about the employment tax side because throughout covid the government has tried to uh, encourage or require employers to provide certain assistance to employees and with the incentive that you get a break on your employment taxes. So, for example, we have the uh, employee retention credit, which runs through the end of this year. We had one last year, but this is greatly enhanced this year. And it's designed to encourage you to continue keeping employees on the payroll 
and you get it's paid for in a sense through the employment tax credits. Also, uh, what was new was a requirement for Barbara, businesses. Slow that down the real quick. Uh, let me interject. The employee retention tax credit. I always get confused by this. Is this something you got to go to your accountant for? Is this something you got to tell somebody, or you just get it from your payroll company? All of the above. So it depends. Not all small businesses work with a payroll company. Some do it through their accountants or their in-house bookkeeper. But this is something that you will want to pay attention to because it's something that comes off on your a quarterly employer tax return. So it's something that, that you will see every quarter. So that's something to pay attention to. No, fantastic. And you were talking about some more uh, tax benefits for our listeners? Yeah, yeah, sure. So the government requires businesses that uh, have group health insurance, 20 or more employees, they have to offer um, COBRA coverage, continuation coverage. Employers have to pay the premiums for uh, involuntarily terminated employees or those with reduced hours from April 1 through September 30th. But again, it's really not coming out of the employer's pocket because it's supported by the employment tax credits. And all of this is refundable. So if the, if the tax credits don't cover, cover it, you're gonna still be able to get it. You're gonna get the refund, the employer will, that is. So uh, I think the, the important thing here is for employers to, as you mentioned, Talk to your uh, your payroll company. Talk to your uh, tax advisor, your CPA, and understand what the breaks are, what you must do, and what you may do. Because, uh, again, this year, for example, paid sick leave and paid family leave related to COVID, employees who may be sick or caring for someone who is, Those breaks are voluntary this year, but again, if you take advantage of them, the cost is covered by employment taxes. So what other uh, tax benefits for small business COVID-related should we do? So we got the PPP, got the loan forgiveness, PPP 1.0, PPP 2.0, the ERTC. Um, I'm just trying to do a recap before we go to the next one. And, And then what else? Well, we have the grants the, the, for the restaurants. We have the restaurant grants, and we have the grants for the shuttered venues for uh, for uh, talent agents and theaters and, and, and those kinds of, of venues. So, and, and again, those are our, our loan programs where there is forgiveness available. Unfortunately, there um, the, the money has run out in some places, but. I think it, we're at the stage where some many businesses have received this money and now they have to apply for the loan forgiveness. So that's that's where we're at now. So I think businesses must be talking to their CPAs to to, to prep all the, the loan forgiveness applications. Wonderful. So we're going to take a short break. We're with Barbara Weltman, best-selling author, prolific author, her website is bigideasforsmallbusiness.com. And folks, if you schedule and keep your no-obligation strategy session with the financial quarterback team, we will throw in 
one of her latest books on tax deductions for 2021. We will buy you a copy of her book. Uh, she's many different books, either Small Business Survival Book or the J.K. Lasser book. If you schedule and keep your no obligation review, but call us now, 888-988-JOSH. 888-988-JOSH. Up next, we're going to be talking more about small business tax breaks and some programs the government is offering to help small businesses. We'll be back after this. Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback here. In these uncertain financial times, it is imperative that you guard your financial future. If you call within the next three minutes, we will offer our complimentary bear market survival guide, which will detail steps to help your plan to potentially survive the COVID-19 crisis. The bear market survival guide will cover how you might still be able to retire amid a volatile economic climate. We will throw in our complimentary 27-point ultimate game plan for retirement. Call us at 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674 for your bear market survival guide call josh jolinski host of the popular financial quarterback radio program 888-988-josh 888-988-josh and we're back this is josh jolinski the financial quarterback with barbara weltman of big ideas for small talking about tax changes that small businesses should be aware of so barbara what other covid19 you know, we, we talked about accountants and advisors and we love them, but really, I mean, they're not volunteering this information. I mean, I have people listen to our show every week and they say, Josh, the quality of the guests like a Barbara Weltman, like others that we have, that's how they learn from this stuff. And then they go to their accountants. Oh, you know, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that and, and I'll do it for you. But it's not like they're being volunteered this information. So you got loan forgiveness, you have PPP, you have ERTC. Uh, what other tax changes should small businesses be aware of? Or is that basically it? The tax law is continually changing. And one of the things that, that we have to be aware of is I think that the government programs are sort of phasing out and we're getting back to reality, if you will. And I think the, the regular tax breaks should not be overlooked. I think this is the time to be looking at, uh, at all of the opportunities that there are for small businesses to save money. Josh, it, it, this, we're in a really interesting time where so many businesses are just starting up now. Many businesses, as we, we know, closed during COVID, but the number of applications for new businesses is quite impressive. And so businesses should be aware of their ability, for example, to, to write off their startup costs. Once they, once they open their doors, they can write up the costs that they, that they incurred for getting started and in the first year. So that's up, there are limitations and, 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 and eligibility requirements, but all that said, that's something to not overlook. There are incentives for hiring individuals from targeted groups. These, and one of the targeted groups, not to be overlooked, this is the work opportunity credit. And one of the targeted groups that entitles an employer to a tax credit just for hiring is 
for the long-term unemployed, 26 consecutive weeks. Now, there are a lot of people out there who fall into that category. Mm. So here's basically a freebie from the government to uh, many businesses are hiring, looking to hire. So be sure to check whether you're hiring someone from a targeted group and to determine whether uh, you can qualify for the tax credit and, and you do have to submit paperwork forms to your state workforce agency to get this certified. So that's a tax break to think about. And again, tax breaks for many businesses now are struggling to to find employees, retain employees. And so they have to offer benefits such as retirement plans. Uh, And again, contributions by employers to retirement plans are write-offs. And there are tax credits for starting a retirement plan. There are ta- there's a tax credit for starting an automatic enrollment plan, a 401k, in which employers, employees are automatically enrolled unless they opt out. So these, there are just so many breaks out there for businesses to uh, incorporate into their business practices. And, and that's what they should be thinking about. Oh, fantastic. We're with Barbara Weltman of BigIdeasForSmallBusiness.com. And folks, if you want to get her book, Small Business Taxes for 2021, uh, that will be yours free when you schedule and keep your no obligation review. Or you can get the 1,001 deductions and tax breaks, which we have to remember sort of the blocking and tackling of basic tax planning. COVID-19 relief is good. I'm also going to break down all the stuff you said the first 10 minutes because we hear about these things a lot, but we've had Ernesto, who's been a a viewer. He's one of my producers. Uh, We actually instigated him to finally get PPP months ago after we had a guest. Uh, So he'd been listening for months. So I still think we talk about these things and it's almost confusing to most people. So they put their head in the sand. So I want, I want to go back to COVID-19 relief in a little bit. Uh, and we're talking about sort of retirement plans. What is the benefit if a small business picks up a retirement plan? And what do they have to do it by? Um, you know, because I don't remember getting that one when I set up my retirement plan for, for my small business. Okay. Well, if, you, if you're a small business, And in other words, you qualify as a small business and you don't have a qualified retirement plan and you set one up that covers at least one employee who's not in tax parlance, highly compensated, meaning someone who's not the owner. Then you may qualify for tax credits to cover the administrative uh, costs, the cost of educating employees about participating, and the co- the credit can be as much as $5,000 a year for the first three years of the plan. So that's, that's a real biggie. So you want to set up a 401k? Uh, this might be a real, uh, a real way to go. And again, I, I mentioned that there's an additional credit for adopting, even if you have a plan, if you have, but if you switch or start 
a plan with automatic enrollment, like a 401k where employees are automatically enrolled unless they choose not to be enrolled or they want to reduce their, their contributions, that's an additional $500 per year for up to three years. So, And these are tax credits. And credits, you have to recognize, credit, we've been talking about credits. So I, I've mentioned them. I mentioned the work opportunity credit. Uh, and, and these income tax credits are dollar-for-dollar dollar reductions of your tax bill. Remember, um, deductions are only worth as much as your tax bracket. So if you are in, let's say, you're, you're, you're a sole proprietor or you're in the 22% tax bracket, you spend $1,000, it only saves you $220. You get a $1,000 tax credit, that saves you $1,000 in taxes. No, oh, fantastic. And an important reminder from Barbara Weltman, author of the 1001 Deductions and Tax Breaks for 2021, your complete guide to everything that's deductible. Her website is Big Ideas for smallbusiness.com and she also does an idea of the day we'll talk about what the idea of today is when we return this is josh jelinski the financial quarterback and call us right now at 888-888-988-5674 for the free strategy session and when you do we'll give you one of barbara's books for free just for uh, attending the meeting. So call us now, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH. We'll be back after these messages. Hey, meet you out on the first tee? Yeah, I'll be right there, just reading this article. On what? New bill Congress passed. Looks like it's going to affect the value of all retirement savings plans. My financial guy didn't tell me about this when I saw him the other day. Well, my guy did, and we made a plan. You may have heard of him, Josh Jelinski. Josh Jelinski is your guy? Listen, if you're 10 years or less from retirement... Which I am. Josh will give you a free economic plan, which includes retirement planning, a 27-point checklist to make sure your income lasts as long as you live. He'll even help you navigate the current tax code. I'm definitely going to call Josh. Cool, but first, can we play some golf? Call Josh Jelinski, host of the popular Financial Quarterback Radio Program, for your free economic plan. 888-988-JOSH. 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 And we're back talking to tax guru, attorney, and tax expert Barbara Weltman, best-selling author as well. So, Barbara, we're talking about tax credits for setting up a 401k. Do you get that for setting up a, a pension plan or a profit-sharing plan? Yes, you do. It's, it's, it's any qualified retirement plan for your employees. Oh, fantastic. And that's a dollar-for-dollar dollar credit. What other credits are out there? Um, I know a lot of people worried about the, the Biden tax proposals, but we still are under the Trump tax cuts. So shouldn't we be acting as if they're not going to go away, even though they are going to go away because they might grandfather you in on what you do by the year end? Well, exactly. And, and they're not necessarily going to go away. Things may change. For example, one of the credits that, that's really good for many small businesses is the research credit. And this is a credit for increasing your R&D expenditures 
I don't think this credit is going away. This credit's going here to stay. In fact, it could get even better. So, uh, and for small businesses, this is, it could be an income tax credit or uh, a limited employment tax credit. So, so the the R and D credit, the the research credit, is certainly one to think about. There also um, wait, what qualifies as research? The, these are well, we we all we think of. We may think of research as um, w- these big drug manufacturers doing all the research or these big tech companies doing all the research, but you'd be astounded about how many people are doing uh, uh, small businesses or, or even individuals, inventors in their basement, putting money into research and trying to create things. And it, they, I don't know, there are tests to be met to to qualify for the credit. But again, this is something that shouldn't be overlooked. And what do you get? So if I want to, I don't know, create a software uh, that has to deal with finances. The the credit may be as much as 20% of your increased expenditures. Okay. Oh, great. So if I spend 100,000 on research, it could be a $20,000 credit. Right. That's potentially what it is, but it's an increase over the prior years, and and for new businesses, it's a little, a little complicated. But potentially, that's what it is. Wonderful. And you were, uh, I cut you off when you were going to tell us about another tax break, or tax credit. Well, I was thinking a lot of the uh, the other tax breaks that I don't think are going to disappear are incentives. These are deductions for buying new equipment and machinery. And many businesses want to do this, not only because they may need additional machinery, but because they want to replace what they have because what they have is old. Maybe it uses too much um, in in terms of utilities and and they can be more efficient and uh, enable their staff to work more quickly. And so there, there are abilities to, to write off the entire cost of, of the equipment that you buy all in the year that you, you buy it and put it into use in your business. You know, in the, in the old days, we talked a lot about depreciation and you had to spread the, the deduction for the cost of these items over many years. Well, now there are, there's bonus depreciation, there's first year expensing. Again, these are incentives to just write it off immediately. And so if you are making this kind of investment, even if you finance the, the purchase in whole or in part, you get the write-off. Wow. Fantastic. So what about, um, so that would go for cars, potentially you get the, uh, the write off your car. There, limit, your there car. are limitations when it comes to vehicles. I don't, I don't want to lump vehicles in with, yeah, vehicles with other kinds of different because yeah, it depends on what type of vehicle. But isn't there the the the, the big van? Uh, you know, if you have a towing capacity above a certain thousand, uh, certain uh, thousand six thousand pounds, yeah. you can write the but whole the thing. F, the heavy SUVs can be written off, but but the 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 smaller vehicles. Um, have limitations. There are incentives for buying um, electric-powered vehicles, although uh, no more for GM and Tesla vehicles because they've sold more than 200,000 of their um, electric-powered vehicles, and so they no longer qualify for the credit. 
But uh, for other manufacturers, that credit is still around. And what is the credit as much as, I mean, when I bought my electric, it was like a 12,000 something credit. It was amazing. Or no, something. It's, it, the credit is the credit. The maximum credit now 60. is, is a, I think, seventy five hundred dollars. Yeah. And it may be less. But again, the good news is you can check it before you go shopping. The IRS has has a, a landing page to show you which vehicles qualify and how much credit you can claim. Wow. Yeah. And what's that website? Do you know? I, I, it's 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 that IRS.gov, but I don't know the exact. The, the slash additional information yeah, but just look for electric powered vehicles that's interesting and, and you, you'll get to it yeah it's the it's the uh qualified plug-in electric drive motor vehicle yeah it's 7500 it's saying now it's irc 30d unless it's a dated yeah. uh release on the irs.gov website sometimes yeah they have audi asia bmw Honda still, you know, so it's, uh, yeah, that's interesting. You know, so you no longer does Tesla, they have a phase out. So Tesla has phased out and GM has phased out. Wow. So you don't want to buy the Tesla. You want to buy the Audi or the, uh, the Lucid or the whatever. And it's interesting when, when I'm reading you, you mentioned, Josh, you mentioned uh, the, the Biden proposals, and we don't know uh, w with this whole concept of, of supporting um, electric powered uh, vehicles in, in, uh, as opposed to uh, fossil fuels. We may have new brakes coming down the pike. So this is something to, to watch out for. Yeah, maybe maybe they'll be bigger. Um. That's right. You know, the, the problem with electric cars, I mean, this week, another, uh, a brand new Tesla Plaid just exploded in flames. Yeah, um, I, I, I heard about that. it was yeah. a tragedy. Now, now to be honest, I'm sure other cars explode in flames and they're not a big, you know, as big of a news story to be, to be fair to Tesla. But it is interesting how we really don't know what we're truly getting into if everyone drives electric you know, no emissions from the cars, but then there'll be more emissions from all the the energy plants and, and what we need to power them. Or I don't think our grid is capable enough, you know, especially with a lot of uh, things phasing out nuclear. But anyway, um, I digress. So we talked electric vehicles. What about the, the SUV, since you're, you're the expert on tax deductions? Probably a good year to buy an SUV now before that goes away. Can't you buy like a big SUV and write the whole thing off or something like that? Uh, the vehicles that have um, a, a weight of more than 6,000 pounds qualify for um, a, a, for bonus depreciation, and therefore they uh, at the, this year it's 100% bonus depreciation. So that's a pretty good break. What does that mean? So if I buy a car and it's 50,000 dollars and has a six thousand pound towing capacity because those cars tend to be it's more expensive towing, it's not the towing capacity it's the weight of the vehicle oh, it's the so, six thousand pound weight so if it's fifty thousand and you buy some you know what a suburban or the tahoe or something yeah, like expedition, that expedition uh you know right, the big right. ford the transit vans um what and it's fifty thousand 
and your tax, uh, whatever, your income's 200 grand, you owe 25,000 in taxes, and you're in a what, whatever, is it like a deduction or a credit? It, it's a deduction, but remember, this is only for business. This isn't for per- personal. The electric vehicle credit is personal or business, but the write-off for the heavy SUVs is only for business. So, for example, if you use the vehicle, let's say, 75% for business and 25% personal, you're only going to be able to write off the, the 75% of the cost as a business expense, and you can't write off the personal portion. Oh, fantastic tips. So what other... You know, the, the, the thing about taxes is it's very confusing. I, I admit it. I, I, I do it every day. I've done it every day for more years than than I I care to admit. And it's very, very confusing. And it's getting more confusing by the minute. Uh, We we have laws that are effective for just part of the year, for the one year, for two years, and then they go away and then they're replaced by something else. Um, A lot of the personal tax breaks this year, for example, are just for 2021, the, the child tax credit breaks and the the, the change in the dependent care credit just for the, you know, for, some of them are just for a year, some are for two years. So, again, it, it's, it's complicated. And, and I, I think it's a really good idea um, to, to use resources. The IRS website, it does have a lot of good resources. They have a lot of FAQs now that are very understandable and very helpful. Um, and my books, of course, are helpful and working with the tax advisor is a great idea, too. Wonderful. So what about any other tax breaks or deductions that are often overlooked? You know, lots of things are overlooked. I, I think in my experience, one of the biggest problems that many small businesses uh, make is that they fail to have sufficient records. They have you have to keep good books and records. And by not doing it, you may miss out on taking legitimate write-offs. For example, the tax law is very specific on the kinds of records you have to keep for your business travel, for business gifts, for use of a vehicle. Uh, If you're using your personal vehicle for business driving, which many small business owners do, if you don't have the right records, you can't take the write-offs. So uh, I, I really advise, the, the good thing is that there are many apps to help you do this. To, uh, the record keeping today is, is, is so simplified. You don't have to know anything about numbers or, or what to do. There are apps to help you do this, but you got to do it. And, and it's, it's a chore. And many business owners say, oh, I'll do it later or I'll do it another time. And you forget about it. And then you forget what, what the information is. And then you forget to to do the records, and then come tax time, you can't take the deductions. And what are the apps? Actually, you know, we'll we'll leave that as a cliffhanger. We'll talk about what are the records you need to keep? What are some apps you recommend? When we return with Barbara Weltman, best-selling author of the 2021, you got a a bunch of books, The Rational Guide to Building Small Business Credit, you got an Amazon Small Business Survival book, smooth failing she's such a prolific author 
Uh, also, most uh, probably noted for the J.K. Lasser series guide to self-employment, also the 1001 deductions, and the 2021 guide for small business. If you call us right now at 888-988-JOSH and request your free financial quarterback strategy session, I will give you one of her books at no charge when you schedule and keep your no-obligation review. So call us now, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674. We'll be back after this. Are you worried about the recent coronavirus crisis and how it may have affected your money? Hi, everybody. I'm Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback, inviting you to join me for my complimentary six ways to keep calm during turbulent markets webinar. If you schedule and keep your no obligation webinar today at 888-988-JOSH, it's a great thing to do. If you're stuck at home under stay at home orders, call us right now, 888-988-JOSH. If you're bored, there's never been a better time to get Get a second opinion on your wealth than right now. 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674. And go to my website, retirementrealitycheck.com today and take your free investment profile quiz. And when you buy my book, you're eligible for three free gifts. 888-988-JOSH. Call Josh Jelinski, host of the popular financial quarterback radio program, 888-988-JOSH. And we're back. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback with big ideas for smallbusiness.com's Barbara Weltman. That's her website. Tons of books she's written. She's enlightening us on taxes, all things, ta- all things taxes today. So, Barbara, what are the records that someone should keep good credit card i'm mean, does a does having everything on your credit card count from the irs's perspective no no there there are two types of records so one is the kind of of just notations of your income and expenses something that you would input into quickbooks or some other um accounting solution whether you do it online or or desktop or mobile, and, and and again, you don't have to to know to be a numbers person to do this. You just make sure that you track your income, track your expenses. Then there's the paper backup, as you mentioned, invoices, receipts, um, and, and other things. Today, the good news is you don't need you don't need file cabinets to to keep all of this paperwork. You can scan everything and and just keep. Uh, uh, records in that way of documentation showing the expenses that you incurred. So it's it's not enough just to keep a receipt. You have to have that in your accounting records, and then you should um, re- either retain the paper receipts or keep an electronic record of them. And would credit cards be sufficient for that backup? Yeah, the, the credit card statements will could be very helpful, and again, that that's those that's documentation, but that doesn't replace your accounting, uh, the accounting uh, that you need to do when it comes to your personal finances. Many people uh, just kind of wing it, and they don't have they don't keep necessarily keep a lot of records. They may keep enough just to, to get them by at tax time. But when it comes to a business, you are required 
by tax law to keep books and records. It's mandatory. And so you do need to have this kind of um, accounting solution to track all your income and expenses. And then, of course, those credit card receipts, credit card statements, bank statements, um, your PayPal um, statements and, and such online, all of that will be helpful to prove the expenses not you you need it for a lot of reasons you need it not only to help you prepare your tax return and to um thwart any kind of irs challenge if the irs says hey you know you took this right up what what does it mean so you want to have this paperwork to kind of just cut them off at the pass if you will but also you want to know are you making or losing money and if you don't have a good accounting system, you won't know this. You, you need to know uh, how you're doing on a monthly basis or, or quarterly basis and have these records to be able to reference to know how the business is doing. That way you know what actions to take. Do you have to cut expenses? Do you have to raise prices? Um, tax, uh, tax savings is, is just one aspect of the overall picture of running your business. No, fantastic. So with inflation on the rise, do you have any tips for small businesses to cut expenses? Yeah, you know, that's a great question because we are dealing with inflation now. And so I think businesses have to be very careful about borrowing money at this time because interest rates are going to go up. So if you have lines of credit or credit card balances, that's one area where you want to be able to cut at if you can, because going forward, we can expect, you know, the feds have said they're going to maintain lower rates, but the rates could go up and you don't want to be caught short there. Then when it comes to expenses, things are, the price of everything is going up. We, we, the price, the gasoline at the pump, if you have delivery trucks, it's costing you more. The price of, of, of your inventory because of supply chain issues. We know that the price of so many items have increased. And another area where the price is going up is the cost of employees. Uh, not only are minimum wage rates rising, but businesses have to pay benefits and, and uh, increase pay to employees in order to attract and retain them. And especially the challenge for small businesses is to compete with, with larger companies that, that offer a big menu of benefits and, and, and can better afford all of these costs. So in terms of cutting, I, you have to look at every aspect. You can't overlook any expense. Uh, for example, um, do you need all those subscriptions you're paying for? Do you need the space for your office? If your workers are working remotely now, all of them, part of them, maybe you will be able to renegotiate your lease. Maybe you don't want to renew the lease when it comes up. Maybe you want to sublet some space. So th those are the areas you want to start thinking about. But I think on the flip side, and to be realistic, it's not just cutting expenses now. It might be raising prices. And, and it's scary for some small businesses to do this because there's a fear you're going to lose customers. And that may be so, but 
if you're paying more for things, you, you yeah, you got to get it somewhere. You, you otherwise you're, you're working for nothing, and that that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, fantastic. So up next, we're going to be talking about any other advantages that a small business can take in these uncertain times. Also, what the Supreme Court decision on the Affordable Care Act, a.k.a. Obamacare, means for small business. When we return with J.K. Lasser's 2021 Small Business Guide author, Barbara Weltman, you can check out her work on Big Ideas for Small Business, and we will talk about the idea of the day when we return. And folks, call us now, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674, and you get your free financial quarterback strategy session when you schedule and keep your no-obligation review. So call us now. 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674. It's always on your mind. Retirement, whether you're 55 or 35. Not everyone wants to work forever, and most would like a comfortable retirement. You may already have a plan, but is it the right one? Josh Jelinski, host of the popular Financial Quarterback radio program, is ready to guide you towards financial freedom. He challenges the ways your parents and grandparents saved money with fresh strategies, which are exactly what you need to navigate today's volatile economic climate. Josh's new book, Retirement Reality Check, is available to order on Amazon. It's an easy read that guides you through his system for securing your financial freedom, including tax-saving strategies, understanding the right investment mix, and more. Order now. Retirement Reality Check from New York's Financial Quarterback. Then call Josh at 888-988-JOSH. Let Josh help you map out your retirement using fresh strategies. Call 888-988-5674. That's 888-988-5674. And we're back. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback with Barbara Weltman. Make sure you give us a call at 888-988-JOSH and schedule your no-obligation financial quarterback team strategy session. That's 45 minutes with yours truly and the financial quarterback team. So, Barbara, the idea of the day, the IRS FAQs on 2021 paid sick leave and paid family leave. Uh, what's that about? Well, we, we talked about it a little bit that employ, small employers may choose to offer the paid sick leave, the paid family leave to employees that are impacted by COVID-19 and this break, and they can get an employment tax credit to cover the costs of doing this. There are limitations about what the, what the, um, the credits are and what the payments to employees are uh, for purposes of the credit. And the credit, this credit runs only through September 30th of this year, unless of course it gets extended again. And I guess that'll depend on, on the course of the pandemic and whether these variants pop up or, or, or what. So who knows? But the IRS FAQs really detail the numbers and what you have to do. And, and I, and I have to tell you that that um, that they're pretty 
understandable. They're not, they're, they're plain English kind of uh, really very helpful. And my idea of the day is designed to just in a sentence or two, point you in the direction of finding out more information about something, whether it's something from the IRS or something from the SBA or the Department of Labor related to your business or um, other things going on, new products and opportunities for small business, perhaps contests that you might want to enter, things like that. So it, it's, it's meant to be uh, something that you open in your email every morning, a sentence or two. And, and I've heard from many, many people, I've been doing this for years, and many people say, well, you know, maybe three, four a week are relevant to me, but it doesn't take much time to read the others. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's chock full of good information. So paid sick leave, family leave, that does include the vaccine thing, or that's, that's a different part for, of it? For now, different... yeah. But yes. It, it does now. So, but that's only if you pay somebody who took off to get the vaccine, correct? Correct. Correct. Like, like when you see going into Starbucks or whatever, or Wawa, which is near us, um, you know, you come work for us, we'll pay you to get the vaccine. I guess that's what they mean. We'll pay you three hundred dollars. I, I, I really don't know what they're what they're offering. Maybe they're offering some bonus. You, you don't know. These companies are now. To attract employees these days, they're giving cash bonuses to many to many people to sign up. So they're perhaps incentivizing people to get vaccinated to keep the workplace safer, and maybe they're giving them cash. I don't know. Yeah, I, think I really it was don't a three know. Three to five hundred dollar bonus if you get the vaccine. Yeah, the, that's it. <laughs> and then the other thing, which is interesting, some some employers are now giving away free college. So who needs the government to do that when you have these employers? So I think if you yeah. if you go to like Starbucks, if you work at Starbucks and you're a barista, they'll pay for your college. Wow. It's a lot better than a 529. I'm going to say, hey, little Josh, you got to go work at Starbucks. All right. <laughs> make, make me my cappuccino. How do you... So as we're... Uh, Moving on to different tips for small business, what are the things that uh, haven't we covered that you'd like to share? Well, you, you mentioned uh, you mentioned the Supreme Court decision and the Affordable Care Act. So this was the third time that the law, which was enacted in 2010, has come before the Supreme Court. And what the court did this time was that it, it did not rule on the constitutionality of the law. It just basically said that, that, the, that the parties, the states and the individuals that brought the case didn't have standing to bring it. A technical legal um, rule that, that says the court it does not have the authority to listen to the arguments. So what this means for small businesses and individuals is that all of the provisions of the Affordable Care Act that are in place now that are on the books are effective. And for small businesses, anybody who's an applicable large employer, 50 or more full-time, full-time equivalent employee, employees must provide affordable minimum essential health coverage or pay a penalty. So that's going forward, even though we know that the uh, individual mandate has uh, gone away, the employer mandate is still around. What's more, 
the additional Medicare taxes, the tax on earned income and the tax on net investment income for individuals with modified adjusted gross income over a threshold amount, those additional taxes are something that we still have to contend with. For individuals who don't have uh, employer health coverage, the premium tax credit is still available. And in fact, they've made it such that regardless of income, everybody will be able to get some kind of subsidy uh, this year and next year as well. So um, there's a lot of, uh, 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 there's a lot um, to think about when it comes to the Affordable Care Act. It, it's here. Well, thank you so much, Barbara Weltman. Another great interview. We loved having you on. I think we have, have listeners who even work with you. I remember when somebody called up and said, yeah, I work at J.K. Lasser. And he chimed I in if I had who you're some... talking about. <laughs> I, oh, you know who I'm talking about? I sure do. Oh, that's funny. I know funny. he calls you. <laughs> yeah, the guy's, uh, he, he was great. I forget who, who he is, but uh, he, he, he chimed in one time. So it was fun. So you do a lot of great work at J.K. Lasser, also on your website. I'm going to sign up for the big idea of the day, big ideas for small business, because we need a lot of guides when it comes to tax help. Um, final thing, I do want to throw this out, uh, cost segregation. So a lot of people want to buy a house or they want to buy a commercial business or they want to buy a vacation property. Um, where do they go to for that? That's not something you hear from most accountants, but it's a fantastic uh, concept where you can get a massive write-off when you buy a property. Um, well, it, it, it's only relevant to commercial property. It has nothing to do with buying your home, your vacation home. We're talking about buying commercial property, which generally you would have um, a, a long period for for depreciation, 39 years, but with a cost segregation study, you may be able to write off certain components much more quickly. But it's, it's highly technical. You need experts in this area. This isn't to do it yourself kind of thing. You need um, engineers and, and others who are familiar with the rules for cost segregation studies. The IRS has an audit technique guide on it to uh, to, to tell their uh, examiners what to look for for anybody claiming these, this kind of thing. So um, very technical, only for a commercial property. Would a commercial be like you want to buy a, a, a rental or vacation rental and rent it out for people? Like you're using it for business purposes or? I think it's really meant for the for the for the uh, more for the factories, but it, it could be I, it could be for any kind of exclusive business property. I I I'm, I have never seen it used for a vacation home ever for a vacation home that you rent out. This is this is something that that's involved with large buildings that have many many components. We're not talking about a little um, cabin that you, that you may be renting out as a vacation home. Wonderful. Well, Barbara Weltman, thanks for joining us. Folks, check out our website, bigideasforsmallbusiness.com, and call me right now, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674. 
and we will give you one of her books at no charge when you schedule and keep your 45-minute financial quarterback strategy session. We'll be back after these messages. Losing money in the stock market roller coaster? Frustrated with the government taxing you into oblivion? Worried about inflation? How do you prepare for so many financial uncertainties? Welcome to the show that will help you develop your game plan. The Financial Quarterback with Josh Jelinski. Josh is a noted financial advisor and president of the Jelinski Advisory Group. And he's here to answer your questions. Call into the show at 800-321-0710. 800 10. Now, let's kick off your financial future. Here's Josh Jelinski. Hi, everybody. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback, talking about Peter Thiel's $10 billion Roth IRA. $5 billion Roth IRA. Excuse me. So how do you amass a $5 billion Roth IRA? And how can you be more like Peter Thiel? What could you do to take advantage of one of the best benefits in the tax code, the Roth IRA? Now, maybe you're not like Peter Thiel. Maybe you didn't find PayPal. But what Peter Thiel's Roth IRA means for you, the PayPal founder has a Roth IRA with $5 billion in assets. According to the Wall Street Journal, large Roth IRA owners owned by the super rich are in the tax spotlight now. And all savers should consider the implications for their own retirement accounts. Recently, the investigative site ProPublica published a new article in its series contending that wealthiest Americans don't pay their fair share of taxes based on IRS data it says it obtained. The story claimed some wealthy Americans have multi-million dollar or even billion dollar tax-advantaged retirement savings accounts. Now be careful. This retirement accounts of individuals, the last time that they were featured, think about Mitt Romney's you know, $60 million stretch IRA. Now we have no more stretch. Folks, be careful. This story is not meant to do away with the Roth, but to enlighten you on some of what you can do and on the current events facing financial planning. The story claimed that some wealthy Americans don't pay their fair share. The largest Roth IRA cited, and this was as of 2019, was $5 billion belonging to PayPal founder and investor Peter Thiel. How could a Roth IRA be so large? Savers with Roth IRAs make contributions to these accounts with already taxed money. So Peter Thiel was not manipulating the tax code. He was taking money and betting it all on red PayPal. Savers with Roth IRAs make contributions to these accounts with already taxed dollars. It was already taxed. And funds in them can grow tax-free with no required payouts during the original owner's life. If someone can put very low cost, very high growth assets into a Roth, as Mr. Thiel is said to have done with investments, including PayPal stock, costing less than a penny each when he did so. So nobody wanted PayPal then. You could have bought it for then, I guess, you know. 
then federal taxes on transactions and growth in the account could be nothing. Withdrawals are often tax-free as well. So according to this foxbusiness.com article, one way a billionaire could have a huge Roth IRA, although the law doesn't allow Roth IRAs contributing for 2021 if income is 140 grand or more. So his income was probably lower then or 208 grand or more for married filing couples. You could also do the backdoor Roth. So if he made over that amount of income, whenever the, whatever the income threshold was in the 90s when he did this, he could have done the backdoor Roth. ProPublica claims have renewed calls for Congress to put limits on tax-favored savings plans like traditional IRAs and Roths. Well, that's no fun. Senator Finance Committee Chairman Ron Wyden has vowed to curb, to pursue curbs. IRAs were designed to provide retirement security to middle-class families. No, it isn't. Nowhere in the law does it say only if you're a middle-class family person that you can do it. I mean, so give me a break. Not allow mega millionaires and billionaires to avoid paying taxes. Folks, if you did it, you, you know, you're able to put high growth assets in a Roth and you should do it too, according to them. If it's, you know, in line with your risk tolerance. The new focus on IRA limits raises questions about saving strategies for everyone, not just the super rich. Many financial planners are urging clients to convert traditional IRAs into Roths. The idea is to position for possible to higher taxes down the road, either from a law change or asset growth, although the switch means accelerating tax bills. For my clients with large traditional IRAs or 401ks, I'm recommending partial Roth conversions, says one financial uh, planner, John Bovard. He's recommending it to provide flexibility and protection against higher tax rates in the future. Savers should take seriously the chance that Congress will enact new retirement plan restrictions as they have done, as they have done, have they been an area of bipartisan agreement. The SECURE Act passed late in 2019. Members of both parties supported a change requiring many heirs of traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs, such as grandchildren, to empty inherited IRAs within a decade of the owner's death. The change deprived many future heirs of decades of tax-free growth. So be careful for what you wish for. It also enraged account owners who planned based on the prior law. Maybe that was you, because the provision took effect for deaths starting January 1, 2020, just days after the legislation passed. So if you died December 2019, you got it. January 1, 2020, you didn't get it. There are forces working against changes to IRA rules, However, one is politics. IRA limits would affect many legislators themselves, and also people donate a lot of money to them, like private equity managers, says Warren Baker, an attorney with Fairview Law Group who specializes in IRAs holding alternative assets, such as non-publicly traded stock. 
With Roth IRAs, there's also a key budget issue. Contributions are in after-tax dollars. So when a worker contributes to a Roth account or someone converts assets from a traditional IRA into a Roth, Uncle Sam receives revenue. But the costs of a Roth IRA's tax-free growth and withdrawals often fall outside of the 10-year period Congress uses when making budgets. What will happen is unclear, but a number of existing proposals would impose limits on IRAs, mostly large Roths. If changes don't pass soon, they might reemerge in the future. Here are possible limits to be aware of. Number one, restricting account size. In 2016, and again recently, Senator Wyden proposes disallowing contributions to a Roth once they reach $5 million of assets. Again, nothing could have stopped Peter Thiel. His company wasn't worth $5 million at the time. And there's nothing wrong with having people be billionaires in the country. You know, I don't know, but, but these laws are just foolish. His aim to stem the government subsidy of mega Roths. How many mega Roths are there? It's also interesting to note that Warren Buffett has one too. His, his I think, was like 20 to 30 million, which is funny because he's always saying, oh, I want the rich taxed more. A different proposal from the Obama administration wouldn't have allowed contributions to a tax-favored retirement account, such as an IRA, 401k, or 403b, once they hit a cap. The cap was tied to a maximum amount allowed for defined benefit pensions, and in 2015, it was about $3.4 million. So Obama said, we're not going to cap Roths like Senator Wyden. By the way, capping of Roths is dumb, because the government gets revenue now. The Obama administration, and, and, they, and you heard this actually with Paul Ryan and Congressman Brady, a Republican, when they were trying to do away with traditional tax deferral and really come up with the Roth 401k or the Rothification of all 401ks. Now, four unexpected ways to level up your IRA. We'll talk about that. Mark Irie who oversaw national retirement policy at the Treasury Department during the Obama years, expects a cap to be higher if one is enacted based on his experience. Another uh, thing they're looking about is forcing withdrawals. Senator Wyden's proposals would also force payouts from Roth IRAs exceeding the $5 million limit. Again, the average billionaire is not doing what Peter Thiel is, they have stock in their company. They're giving it to charity. Occasionally, you might get some guys like Peter Thiel who lucked out. But even that ProPublica story was like 10 people they talked about. So, folks, we will take a short break. And when we return, we'll be back with more talking about Roths, IRAs, and the like. But first, call us now. Have you ever played a game without the board? Too many of you are playing the game of financial chess with chess pieces, but no board. Call us right now at four, for, for a 45-minute strategy session, and we will give you the board for financial education, the protection, savings, and growth model at no charge when you schedule and keep your no-obligation review, and you'll get a free book of your choice when you schedule your free 45-minute strategy session 
Call us now, 888-988-JOSH. 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 Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback here. In these uncertain financial times, it is imperative that you guard your financial future. If you call within the next three minutes, we will offer our complimentary bear market survival guide, which will detail steps to help your plan to potentially survive the COVID-19 crisis. The bear market survival guide will cover how you might still be able to retire amid a volatile economic climate. We will throw in our complimentary 27-point ultimate game plan for retirement. Call us at 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674 for your bear market survival guide. Call Josh Jelinski, host of the popular financial quarterback radio program, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback, with Brett. Put me in coach. It's great. Great song. Now we got Brett. He needs information on Keo plans. Go ahead, Brett. Put me hey, Josh, in thank you. Thank you Go for ahead, taking Brad. my call. Um, I, I'm a real estate agent, and I was told to open up a Keo plan because that'll give me the best opportunity to um, save my money, invest my money. Um, what I was told, you know, by other people in, in the uh, industry is that the employer, which would be me, could invest 19000 give my employee which would be me, $19,500 a year. And I could then put in as the employee 25% of my uh, net income. What I want to know is do, does the employer me have to make that money or could the employer just put in $19,500 into the employee's account? Yeah, it's, it's a bit confusing what you're asking. With the Keo, you can contribute up to 25% of compensation or 57000 If you have a money purchase plan, you can contribute the fixed percentage of your income every year. The contribution will come from the IRS formula. If you have a defined benefit plan, you can contribute up to 230000 but if you're asking, do you need, yeah, you usually need profit or like W-2 wages or something like that. But we could help well, there's you. No w-2, there's no W-2 in a uh, real estate. It's a 1099. But do you have income? Do you pay yourself a W-2 uh, at all? Uh, no W-2, just a 1099. That's how, that's how real estate makes yeah, but income. but the 1099 would go into, sometimes you got to issue, you could do a SEP, you could do a KEO potentially, we have a well. That's what I want to do. That's service what I'm doing. I want to do a keo. Ret- yeah. Well, I, I I don't even know if a keo is the right thing to do. So number one, I would get a pension company, and we work with a few, and then we could shop and figure out what is the right retirement plan for you as a small business owner. Right. Whether it's a SEP a profit-sharing plan, a money purchase plan, KEO, profit-sharing, all that stuff. So I, I don't know I if mean, KEO is intrigued, right. I was intrigued by the by the KEO because the they said the employer, which is me, could give the employee up to 19500 a year. 
into their plan. Yeah, but you could do more with other things. So, you know, the okay. keo from, you know, some of these plans are good and some of them, I mean, they're, it's like a tool, right? So it depends on your fact pattern. Some of them you got to pay yourself right. wages. Some of them you don't, you know. So I would just call us and we have a whole team that will put together the proper retirement plan for you. If you're a small business owner, now's a great time. Uh, there's also publication 560, which goes over SEPs, Simples, and Kios and different qualified plans. We can go over that with you. Okay? Okay. That's Any perfect. other questions on that? Nope, that's it. Thank you. Yeah, there's a lot there. Um, we have a guy we work with, and he'll be able to tell you, okay, this is the plan for you as a 1099. Um, sometimes you have to pay yourself wages, though, with these plans. So, And sometimes you don't. So that's probably why you're looking Keo, unlike SEP, because you, I don't think you have to do that with those. But we'll... we'll uh, We'd love to meet with you at 888-988-JOSH. Go over different retirement plans. And hey, if you or any of our listeners want help determining what retirement plan is for you, or you can look at a Roth 401k, call us now, 888-988-JOSH. So we're going to talk about four expect, unexpected ways to level up your IRA. This is also from uh, Motley Fool, of all places, as featured on foxbusiness.com. Number one, get paid to contribute. This is another interesting uh, tip that people often don't realize. If you're struggling just to contribute to an IRA, the federal government wants to help you. You can receive a tax credit for contributing up to two grand to your retirement account if your income is below a certain amount. That's called the savers credit. The official term is the retirement savings and contribution credit. That tax credit stacks with the tax deduction you can take for contributing to a traditional IRA. If you're on the threshold of qualifying for the next year, you can use the IRA deduction in order to push your AGI below the threshold. That can maximize your tax savings on your contribution and maybe a good reason to choose a traditional IRA over a Roth because of this savers credit. If your income is low enough to qualify for the savers credit without any additional adjustments, you may be better off contributing to a Roth IRA. So if you make too much to get that savers credit and you pop it in a, a traditional IRA, get you below, you do the traditional. If you're way below that, you do the Roth. Are you doing that? People sometimes say, Josh, I was talking about rich people. Or what, what do I do if I have a lot of money? What do I do if I don't have a lot of money and want to start? Take advantage of a two grand credit. That means if you were going to owe two grand, you don't owe that two grand anymore. So if the accountant says, hey, you owe four grand this year, open up $2,000 IRA, you get a $2,000 savings credit plus the deduction. So you cut your tax bill in half potentially. It's a good deal. And all the more reason to call us at 888-988-JOSH to see if these strategies are right for you. Number two, access your IRAs early before 59 and a half. Now, generally not advisable 
But IRAs are meant for retirement. But what if you retire before 59 and a half? The minimum age you can withdraw funds from your IRA without penalties is 59 and a half. If you plan things carefully, though, you can avoid penalties entirely. You can take advantage of Roth IRA conversions from your traditional IRA to access your funds as early as you want. So if you converted 100 grand, the 100 grand grew to 150, you can take 100 grand, that was the converted amount you already paid tax on, and use that for emergencies. The only catch is that you still have to wait five years following your conversion to make withdrawals of the growth. For example, you can convert 25 grand from your traditional IRA to a Roth this year, 2021. You'll pay income tax on your withdrawal, on your conversion, but those taxes may be minimal with proper planning. You can withdraw that $25,000 anytime in 2026 without penalty, even if it's been slightly less than five years. If you make these conversions every year, what some people call a Roth conversion ladder, you'll have a steady stream of withdrawable funds starting in five years. Number three, the Roth IRA emergency fund. If you're struggling to max out your Roth IRA because you're saving for an emergency fund, you can keep your emergency fund in your Roth IRA. The advantage of the Roth IRA is that you can withdraw your contributions at any time without penalty, if it's done the right way, and without taxes if it's done the right way. But if you don't max out your contribution limit before the deadline each year, you lose that capacity. There's nothing stopping you from keeping a cash emergency fund in your Roth. Keeping your emergency fund in a Roth IRA has the advantage of making it just slightly more difficult to access your cash. Got to think about it. Additionally, if you withdraw a contribution, you won't be able to put it back in your Roth account. Those factors will make you take the extra consideration necessary before determining whether you really need those funds. By all means, use your emergency fund if you need to. But an emergency fund should not be an oops, I spent too much money at Starbucks fund this, this month. Number four, max out your Roth IRA with the mega backdoor Roth. And we'll talk about that when we return from the break. But first, call us for the Income for Life Blueprint. It is your X's and O's. We'll go over your asset protection strategies, your saving strategies, your growth strategies. And you get to see what is my income potentially from 66 to 96, from 82 to 102, from 52 to 104. Whatever it is, we can analyze that. But call us now, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674, 888-988-5674. And we'll be back after these messages. Hey, meet you out on the first tee? Yeah, I'll be right there. Just reading this article. On what? New bill Congress passed. Looks like it's going to affect the value of all retirement savings plans. My financial guy didn't tell me about this when I saw him the other day. Well, my guy did, and we made a plan. You may have heard of him, Josh Jelinski. Josh Jelinski is your guy? Listen, if you're 10 years or less from retirement... Which I am. Josh will give you a free economic plan, which includes retirement planning, a 27-point checklist to make sure your income lasts as long as you live. He'll even help you navigate the current tax code. I'm definitely going to call Josh. Cool, but first, can we play some golf? Call Josh Jelinski, host of the popular Financial Quarterback Radio Program, for your free economic plan. 888-988-JOSH. 888-988-JOSH. You 
Next up, we got Bernice converting a 401k to an IRA. Go ahead, Bernice. Hello? Hello, Bernice, go ahead. Yeah, my husband passed away recently, and um, I'm his beneficiary. He left uh, a 401k plan, and the brokerage house um, suggested that I take it as an IRA. Now, which is more beneficial for me? I'm just over 80 years of age, and I have two children who will inherit it, and they're in their 50s. Should I keep it in the 401k, or should I convert it as the brokerage has suggested? Well, you should never convert blindly. So call us at 888-988-JOSH, and we could see if a conversion is right for you. One of the reasons a conversion may not be right for you might be uh, lower fees within the 401k versus the IRA. Another might be different uh, retirement investment options. One of the benefits of moving from 401k to IRA is you have freedom of choice. You can, if you are a beneficiary of your deceased spouse 401k, you can make the spousal IRA, and then you you have to take RMDs for as long as you live. So you can continue to get tax deferral, and then uh, there may be problems leaving the 401k to your heirs, so they might uh, not be able to do the 10-year stretch as easily. So there are certain, or you could, if you're a beneficiary of a 401k, you can disclaim the money so that it passes to the contingent beneficiary, which would be your kids, but I don't think that's the best thing because then they have this 10-year spend down due to the SECURE Act. Uh, yes. It depends on your tax bracket and it depends on theirs. So I would I recommend you call us at 888-988-JOSH. You have basically four choices. Withdraw the money and pay whatever taxes do because maybe you're in a lower tax bracket than your kids. Generally not advisable. Number two, put the money in an inherited or a spousal IRA. Three, mm-hmm. roll over the account to your own traditional or Roth IRA, an existing account, or you can open up a new one, or you could disclaim the money. So you want to make sure, though, you look at fees, benefits, why you're moving over, all that stuff, okay? So give us a call, 888-988-JOSH, for our complimentary rollover review. Any other questions on that? Okay, no, thank you very much. And I'm so sorry for your loss. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback, with the final way to level up your retirement plan. Max out your Roth IRA with them, something called the mega backdoor. If you're a high earner or just a super saver and your employer limits you to 19500 tax deductible limit, you may be able to perform something called the mega backdoor Roth. The total contribution for 401k accounts in 2021 is 58 grand or 63,500 if you're 50 and older. That includes your tax advantage contribution, the employer match, and any non-deductible contributions you make on top of that. If your employer allows in-service withdrawals, you can roll over those after-tax contributions. So some of you, you're only putting in 19.5, you're only putting in 26 grand. You're allowed maybe to put up the 58 grand. You can put that overage, not get the deduction, but then convert to Roth.
An IRA is one of the most versatile retirement savings accounts. The benefits of tax advantage savings and tax regrowth have been covered by many. I hope you can use these tips to take your retirement planning and savings to another level. So, Ernesto, uh, do you have a financial question for us this week as we, Ernesto's kind of our man on the street. What questions do you have this week for us, Ernesto? Any, any financial news? We have a lot going on in the world of finances this week. Robinhood had a record-breaking fine, $70 million fine uh, this week for a bunch of things. Um, Schwab was in the news saying they might have some, some major issue. Um, a lot of it appears to be around robotic investing and robo-advisors which are cheap or free. And in the case of Robinhood, they have to file for their IPO, their initial public offering. They wanted to deal with, I guess, their fines. They wanted to deal with that one horrible story of the person who committed suicide over the app. Um, so they say, I'm not, not claiming that or anything. So basically, they're trying to start fresh before this IPO. Here's my tip. Uh, a lot of these things seemingly have to do with robo-advisors. Get a real financial advisor, even if you don't get us. A robot is going to make mistakes. In some of the reporting of the Robinhood thing, they're saying, oh, well, these bots didn't do the job they were supposed to do. They were, the bots were supposed to make sure that if you were uh, an options trader, should you really be options? Like, are you sophisticated enough to do options? Now... Personally, I think, uh, you know, if people want to do it, they should be able to do it. We're in a free country. But the allegation was they were sort of luring people in with this cool gamified app and were not properly supervising the risks. So people were like gambling with their own money. They didn't really realize it. And then they lost everything they had, apparently, in these meme stocks. Well, if you listen to this program, you would have learned to avoid meme stocks, avoid stupid stuff, avoid Doge. These things never really end well. So my tip is shame on you. You didn't listen to the show. We've been warning you about these things for a long time. But apparently $70 million fine, probably a slap on the wrist for them. For a company that's not even making money, but then they're going to go public. See, this is, I think, where these tax loopholes occur because you have companies that are losing money right so they're they're not showing any income so vlad tenev the founder of uh, robin or whatever he pops in a raw a robin hood um roth because it's worthless right you know they're negative 70 million you know, right now and then it pops and then they're worth billions you know he's a billionaire and then it's got a billion dollars there should be some maybe regulation on that that seems a little light but in reality, no one is investing in those companies. They're giving their own money. So there should be some type of tax break there. So uh, what questions do you have, Ernesto? Anything um, sure. you know, when financial get in your mind this I week? I know that um, with your clients, you, know, you advise them. So if someone wanted to invest in, in, in Dogecoin or Bitcoin, you, you, would do, you would spend time with them. You would, you would you know, talk to them about risks. But 
when someone invests through Robinhood or Fidelity on their own, there's really no disc- there's really no. Well, that's what they were saying that they should have some measure, some check and balance. And I guess when they were audited, whatever it said, we we use bots, and apparently they found mistakes that the bots, you know, weren't appropriately assessing someone's suitability for trading in options. But I got news here with the app. So to be fair to them, you know, probably somebody said, "I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to be able to make it all. I want to be able to potentially lose it all." So give us a call, folks. Eight eight eight. 988-JOSH, so you, uh, hopefully we can prevent you from making stupid financial decisions. The Robinhood uh, story is is pretty epic. Um, Robinhood Markets, Inc. on Thursday set the stage for its hotly anticipated stock market launch after settling legal fines it said were unlikely to be its last and revealing a massive surge in growth in its initial public offering filing. The online brokerage, which was at the center of a confrontation between a new generation of retail investors grouping on social media. Is this really new? Or is this Pets.com over, all over again? Is it, is it the dot-bomb bubble? I think so. And Wall Street hedge funds in late January is aiming for an IPO valuation of over $40 billion. So I guess $70 million is dropping the bucket to them. Menlo Park, California-based Robinhood hit with a $70 million fine by regulators this week for systemic failures in providing false and misleading information reported a 245% jump in revenue last year According to the filing, why? People were sitting at home with stimulus checks and let's pump up dumb stocks as it fed on the surge in trading by ordinary Americans stuck at home. The filing also detailed a swath of government probes. However, the government, the growth came at a cost as it was forced to raise a life-saving funding round from investors after its finances were stretched at the height of the retail trading frenzy that gripped markets earlier this year. But like, who are they? Who do they care? I mean, do they really care? They're now competing with the likes of Fidelity, Schwab, TD Ameritrade, which was bought by Schwab. You know, they're now one of the going to be one of the biggest brokerage firms in the world, I guess. So they're like, who cares? You know, um, their trading hysteria Help power a 309% jump in revenue to $522 million for the three months ending in March 31. But the company incurred a net loss of $1.4 billion in the same period. Like, how are they losing money? I guess research and development, which included a one-time $1.5 billion fair value adjustment to its convertible notes and warrant liability due to the emergency fundraising in February. Robinhood said underwriters of the stock would receive between 20 and 35% of its Class A shares for sales to customers through its IPO access. May this also be a warning that the average person does not make money on IPOs. So I'm not telling you to go up and buy the Robinhood IPO. If anything, what they typically do is they spike and then they crash. Now, Robinhood raised over $5.5 billion from investors included, including Ribbit Capital, Iconic, Andresen Horowitz, 
and Sequoia Capital Index Ventures and New Enterprise Associates. So, interesting. So, founded in 2013 by Stanford University roommates Vlad Tenev and Baiju Bhatt, Robinhood's trading app has made it easier for the masses to trade securities and electrify the generation of retail investors. So here's the thing. If you're getting into investing due to the app, good. Just be careful. Be careful with IPOs. Also, what's interesting to note, like if you buy Rob, if you buy crypto, let's say on Robinhood, I don't even think you get possession of the crypto. If you buy Bitcoin or Robinhood, I think that's a problem potentially. And then they plan to list on NASDAQ under the Sybil, Sybil, symbol hood. So I guess Robin wasn't, you know, that might have not been a good wordplay. You know, Robin, R-O-B-N. But H-O-O-D is the stock symbol that it'll trade under. So folks, give us a call, 888-988-JOSH, so you can avoid maybe some stupid decisions with your money. Call us now, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH. And if you call us today, we will throw in the Income for Life Blueprint. It is a step-by-step guide to help you through and to retirement. Call us now, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674. And you get a 45-minute strategy session with me, Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. So call us now, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH. Are you worried about the recent coronavirus crisis and how it may have affected your money? Hi, everybody. I'm Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback, inviting you to join me for my complimentary six ways to keep calm during Turbulent Markets webinar. If you schedule and keep your no-obligation webinar today at 888-988-JOSH, it's a great thing to do. If you're stuck at home under stay-at-home orders, call us right now, 888-988-JOSH. If you're bored, there's never been a better time to get a second opinion on your wealth than right now. 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674. And go to my website, retirementrealitycheck.com today and take your free investment profile quiz. And when you buy my book, you're eligible for three free gifts. 888-988-JOSH. Call Josh Jelinski, host of the popular financial quarterback radio program, 888-988-JOSH. And we're back. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. CNBC has an interesting article on how to disaster-proof your portfolio finances. While no one expects emergencies, many people still find themselves facing unexpected or, and we're not doing anything promissory here, folks. It's just, we're talking about how do you deal with a catastrophe? A, a really devastating financial event. Having the proper financial documents and information in place can be a huge help to your family in the event of your death or could even help you navigate the aftermath of a disaster you survive. Key documents for all adults. We're going to talk about the key documents for all adults. So we talk about disaster-proofing your life. Personally, what are some key documents you need in place regardless of age and wealth? Number one, a healthcare directive. Now, those directives 
specify what kind of medical treatment you would like to have if you are not in a state to give consent. You may also want to have a medical power of attorney, which means you can appoint someone to make health decisions for you and make sure they're going to decide. So Ernesto, if you have my healthcare directive and I want to pull the plug, you have to pull the plug. But what if you don't want to pull the plug and I've given you full authority over my health decisions? That could happen. And you don't you say that's not going to happen. That happened, uh, you know, in my own family. You know, the, the, the doctor is stiff arm you, and thank God it happened naturally, so we didn't have to make that decision. But, you know, a couple people said, you know, this person didn't want to have this quality of life. They wouldn't want to be alive artificially. Some people say, God's going to heal. We've got to let God heal. Um, and, and some of those methods conflict. So the truth is, you need to write it down before you're in a crisis. It really is not fair. So imagine you have one kid who says, keep mom alive, whatever the costs. And the other kid says, pull the plug. But it's never pull the plug, by the way. It's right now, I don't know if you know this, the doctors, they get you in a room. Did you know this, Ernesto? I've been there, yeah. They get you in a room. And they say, you know, pretty much there's no hope. Uh, we're giving pain management. And like, you're a jerk if you don't pull the plug. And they don't say it, pull the plug, you know. Now, I'm not judging anyone for whatever decisions you make. Personally, I'd want to be kept alive for a miracle. But I don't know if I'd want to be, you know, artificially kept alive forever. You know, like, kind of let God decide. But I wouldn't want to, you know... The truth is, it's a very difficult decision for everybody. Any Everybody has different beliefs, faiths. Uh, faith may inform that perspective. Some say, hey, we don't even... Some faiths say, we don't even want a blood transfusion. You know, so so the point is, your wishes should be written down. It's not my wish for your life. It's your wish for your life. And it is America, and there's been, you know, Supreme Court cases challenging the rights of different people to have different types of treatments that they want. So we're not talking about euthanasia here. We're talking about, you know, end-of-life treatment that just happens. And what happened? Did they kind of, Ernesto, I don't know if you might mind sharing this. What was it like? So, uh, you know, it was for my father, and it was he was about in a month in the hospital, and they had the the doctors were very sympathetic but they were more or less advising like you know n now might be the time but luckily you know my father uh he he passed on easter so we had my brothers and i had gone and and fortunately uh we didn't have to make that choice uh it was made for him and he, and he passed on easter but uh you know we're a big Filipino family, so um, you know we're, we're we're you know people of faith, and we, we were you know holding out for a miracle. But thank God, none of us had to make that tough choice. Yeah, and that that sounds like someone would have gone with my mom, you know. And but then when you go a little longer, like thirty days or a week or two weeks, and you're on life support, you really you know in, in some sense. Um, 
you know, it, it, it's difficult. Here's the point. Write it down because you don't want to have a family spat. Like what if your brother said, what if it kept going for a month? And you said, keep him alive. And the brother said, don't because he's not living a good quality of life. And the thing is, it's not, you know, to some degree, it's not like it's, in some sense, if it's a God thing, you know, because there's elements of faith in there, you kind of are like, well, it didn't, you know, God didn't necessarily intend for us to live via a machine. So it's, so there's, you know, there's, there's a conflict there. And everybody has different opinions on this. They really do. If you talk to 10 different people, you get 10 different opinions. Well, um, I would want a feeding tube, but not a breathing machine. You know, I'd want, I wouldn't want a ventilator for longer than a week or 30 days. Write it down. Because the medical community's definition is a little different because they're used to it. They're a little more jaded on it. They're very compassionate. We have a lot of great doctors as clients. But here's the thing. Write it down. Get a healthcare directive. And when we return from the break, we're going to talk about other things you can do to prepare for financial disaster. But here's the thing. It is one of our things in our 27-point checklist, by the way. We ask you car insurance, home insurance, liability insurance, even though we don't do that or give advice on that, we write it down. That way, if there's a crisis, you know where to go to. Disability insurance, medical insurance, social security plan, wills, documents, trusts, ownership agreements, life insurance, health care directives. That's all within your protection grid. That's like your moat around your castle. So when was the last time you viewed your moat around your castle? And then we also cover tax saving strategies like Roths, like qualified retirement plans, how to maximize the tax benefits of those, all in the 27-point checklist that we give you at no charge when you schedule and keep your 45-minute strategy session. So call us now, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674. How to protect yourself from a financial disaster. We talked about healthcare directives, then durable power of attorney. A durable power of attorney applies to your property and finances. This document allows you to designate someone to take care of your money and other assets if you cannot. For example, if you're in a coma, it would give your appointed person the ability to pay your bills. You should check if the financial institutions you work with have their own process for naming people who can access your account in an emergency. Sometimes they need their own. So if you have like say a Fidelity account, sometimes they need their own power of attorney. They wanna certify yours. Some banks won't recognize the power of attorney and have their own forms that need to be filled out. Next document you should have is a last will and testament. I bequeath my China, my precious department 56 figurines that I got from my parents. So one of my, what was the greatest thing you got from your dad, Ernesto? Did he inherit anything from him? A uh, handgun and 10,000 rounds of ammunition. Wow. Don't, don't tell anyone that. <laughs> I, was, I was debating what I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so maybe I'll edit that out. But um, So basically, what people do not often understand is, you know, there's a prized piece of China. There's a collectible XYZ, whatever it might be, Department 56 and the like, 
Um, my, my mom gave me these little figurines. And I was the only kid who really cared. My, my other siblings, they made fun of me for playing with figurines. But if you know Department 56, it's amazing. It's, it's not the chintzy-looking Christmas villages and uh, they have now Halloween villages. If you know, this is the Charles Dickens villages with these beautiful handcrafted figurines. And it was my prized possession I received from my mother upon her passing. So, but what if my other siblings said, you know what, I wanted those. I would have probably, it would have severed some ties. So the point is, write it down. Maybe talk to your kids before in the last will and testament. Having a will is especially important when you have assets. You may not even have a lot of assets, but you may have some things that are collectibles. It is also where you can spell out things such as funeral arrangements so that your family doesn't have to wonder, would, would you like to be cremated? Would you like to be buried? I don't know why. I'd rather be buried than cremated. But some people would rather be cremated than buried because of costs. Write it down. Write that stuff down. Once you have a will, make sure you update it every five years or when you have a major life change. In addition to your healthcare directives, durable power of attorney and will, there are a few other items that you should have securely stored. This includes your social security card, your life insurance policies, your disability policies, birth certificates, long-term care policies, a passport, a copy of your driver's license. And by the way, we can help you design your very own special binder where we will organize your components when you call us at 888-988-JOSH. These documents, in addition to estate planning, can be helpful for you or your family in the event of your death or if you become incapacitated. What about debts, your mortgages, your recent income tax returns? You may also want to include a list of tangible personal properties. What about your digital assets? My wife and I just realized our wedding is on these stupid little mini tapes that need to be digitized. So right now, if we had a, uh, you know, some crisis, like what's going to happen to our prized, you know, mini VHS tapes? Well, there are companies like Legacy Box. There's other ones, just Google them, where they can take your memories and digitize them. So I highly recommend that. Because these documents often contain sensitive information, they should only be stored in a safe and secure place that's known only to the people that would need to access them. This could include a safety deposit box in a bank, although that can be a hassle to access, or a safe or fireproof box in your home. You can also securely store digital copies on many online platforms, which can be helpful if the physical copies are lost or stolen. Many advisors have online vaults, so we have an online vault if you want to use that. Call us at 888-988-JOSH. We can set you up with a powerful online vault. For online accounts, you could also use a password keeper, such as LastPass or Dashlane. These services help you keep track of your password securely, let you name a beneficiary of sorts, someone who can access your accounts if you die. Also on the Chrome browser, they have that capability, or Edge browser. Of course, everyone will need to come up with a personal plan of how best to store or notify family of these documents. 
What to do if you lose, you know, also what about credit cards? Credit card points are an inherited asset. I didn't know that until somebody said, you know what, your, your points, you can inherit them. So I don't know if you, who got your dad's points, Ernesto? Who got my mom's points? I don't know. My mom gave, gave some debt at QVC. And then that's another thing. When you have debt, you don't necessarily have to pay it. You call them and say, this person has passed. And sometimes they write off the debt completely. And that's also why you want to set up assets to avoid probate. You can also call the credit reporting companies and place a fraud alert on your name and social security number and call your state agency to place a lost or stolen alert on your profile if you lose your driver's license. This can help protect you from fraud or stolen identity. So essentially, you got to save the names of also your financial professionals, your lawyer, your accountant, who does your life insurance. And who's your financial advisor? And folks, we're here for you pretty much seven days a week. So call us 888-988-JOSH. We can help you put your affairs in order. And it could be you're doing 90% great. But it's not what you know that will hurt you. It's what you don't know that you don't know that could hurt you. So call us today, 888-988-JOSH. And you get your free income for life blueprint at no charge when you schedule and keep your no-obligation review, and you get the 45-minute protection, savings, and growth strategy session. See this page? You will have all of your assets on one easy-to-understand page laid out from your financial moat, those are your protection documents, to your castle, your savings and growth documents. So call us now, 888-988-JOSH. I'd love to meet with you, shake your hand, and talk to you via Zoom, via webinars, or in person. So call us now, 888-988-JOSH. Call us today, 888-988-JOSH, and you get your free income for life blueprint at no charge when you schedule and keep your no obligation review. And if you want to schedule a 15-minute discovery call, call us at 888-988-JOSH and request the 15-minute discovery call. Be sure to listen every Saturday and Sunday at 9 on WOR 710 AM. Also download the podcasts on the iHeartRadio app or the Spotify app or on Anchor FM, wherever podcasts are. Just search for The Financial Quarterback.